Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. What's up? It's day 82 of our 90 day challenge and the topic is monitor your confession. James, the third chapter, the first through the 18th verse. If you're ready, somebody shout amen. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And that ends our reading for today. Again, the topic is monitor your confession. Pastor John F. Hanna, he's been a gift in human form that keeps on giving. I didn't know it when I met him in 2018, but my life has forever been changed by this amazing pastor. There are three things he taught me in the first year of my meeting him. The first was have fun. 
For a man who has so much responsibility and so much to carry, Pastor Hannah taught me not to sweat the small stuff. To a man who comes early and stays late for four services every Sunday, ministering to almost 30,000 members yearly, he still finds time to call, care, and embrace. I am amazed at how much he juggles and still he will burst into cacophonous laughter, sending funny videos and laughing at things I would cry about. I have learned through him not to take life so seriously. I now laugh at things that would have torn me apart because Pastor Hannah modeled a leader who was down to earth and joyful. The second lesson Pastor Hannah taught me was to wrap everything in prayer. This man is a prayer warrior. He knows God and God knows him. He is fluent in the language of faith and he is an amazing exhorter. People from all around the world call on Pastor Hannah to pray because his love for prayer mirrors my love for worship. His surrender has reminded me to lean not to my own understanding and in all of my ways, acknowledge him. I have seen him stop meetings to pray and ask for God's direction. I've seen him delay his response to something someone needed until he heard from God. When I first moved to Chicago, I was amazed at how consistent the staff was about praying for one another. It reminded me of the importance of going to God first before trying to do anything for God without God. Thirdly, Pastor Hannah taught me to monitor my confession. If you've ever been around Pastor Hannah for a long period of time, you will hear him say often monitor your confession. In other words, don't speak things aloud that you don't want to see manifest. Your confession houses your beliefs and your beliefs impact your outcomes. Our words shape our culture. Our words reveal our character. Based on certain words, I can guess your profession or passion because we tend to speak in the language of what we love. It's a dangerous thing, though, to assume God can change our hearts and our minds, but not our words. It's a harmful thing to speak quickly and hear slowly. But many of us shoot a host of innocent bystanders every day with our words because we have not yet learned how to tame our tongue. Proverbs says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. The fruit of your words will help or hurt, elevate or subjugate, liberate or imprison. But let's go a little deeper. Sometimes our words are good. But our tone needs training. Worshippers should not just be concerned about what they say, but also how they say it. Have you ever heard the saying, it's not what you said, but how you said it that really bothered me? Or maybe what you said was right, but the timing was wrong. When we speak about the weapon of the tongue, I don't want you to think about the use of words only. Also think about the tone, the timing and the temperature of your words. Most arguments graduate from anger to hatred or disagreement to violence because of these three elements of tone, timing and temperature. If your words are sizzling hot, this may not be the best time to release them. If your words are said after someone has suffered imminent loss or immense loss, then don't be surprised if what you say yields an unfavorable reaction. The tongue is pregnant with the potential to give birth to life, vitality, hope and peace. It's all about how we choose to use the weapon. Jesus was the ultimate example of someone who managed his tongue well. He modeled for us how to manage our words in a way that honors God and helps others. Unfortunately, though, a lot of damage has been done to the image and effectiveness of Christianity because of reckless and irresponsible verbosity.
Some people are absolutely incapable of or unwilling to manage their tongues. And this produces a kind of death in the public's perception of Christians. Never forget that you hold life and death in your tongue. The tongue can build people up or it can be an instrument that accomplishes evil, provides problems and tears people down. Some of the greatest pain inflicted on individual lives has come from the concealed weapon of the tongue. James 3 reminds us that the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the whole body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. With that in mind, let us aim not just to think about the tongue in regards to our needs, but let's think like Jesus to talk like him as well. Jesus knew the power of words. He practiced thoughtful communication in one situation and responded silently in another. He asked rhetorical questions in order to expose ulterior motives and modeled what it means to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Jesus knew what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. As worshipers of the Almighty God, our words should be instruments for good and not receptacles for gossip. In Matthew 12, the Pharisees used their words to call Jesus a demon. They spent a great deal of time spreading lies amongst the community. This is gossip at its worst, but Jesus rose above the pettiness of their conversation and Christians who speak like Jesus rise above conflict and chaos around them. We turn rumors into opportunities for repentance. We turn gossip into another way to see the gospel. We do not sit idly by and allow other people to be disparaged. Instead, we speak up and present the good in the midst of the gossip. Today, worshiper, monitor your confession. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Ask God to anoint your tongue and your tone so that when others meet you, they hear him. So what is your worship work today? It is simple. Tame your tongue, test your tongue, teach your tongue to submit to the word of God. The tongue is like passion. Depending on how you use it, it can burn a house down or it can fuel your car. Today, be more mindful of the words you say. Record a few conversations you have with a trusted loved one. Then go back and listen to what you said and how you said it. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. the sum of every high and every low remind me once again just who i am because i need to know
all I have and now I'm laying it at your feet You'll have every failure, God You'll have every victory When I'm weak, I can do all 
through Christ that strengthens me. On the days when I feel like I can't compete, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When negative words are around me, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And on the days when I'm sick, by his stripes I am healed.